There's a little caveman in each of us. I'm Torin Atkinson. Today on Stone Age Chef, the secret ingredient is babies. I'm Kevin Leeson. No, I wasn't born in Ghana, but Africa is my mama. I'm Mr. Dr. Greg Bull. British cavemen love to go clubbing. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Hominins, or cavemen. Uh, How is that related to the term ad hominem? Uh, In that they're both Latin roots, I think. Homo is same, and so homonym... That's right. ...means same word. You know what it is? No. An ad hominem is a caveman introduced into the Mad Men storyline. Ooh, he he could work with unfrozen caveman lawyer. Uh That's right. I thought a hominin was when two words sound the same. That's a homonym. Oh. This so is a, a synonym. Synonym is when two uh, ancient people look the light, look the same. You you could use that word to mean that, <laughs> and you could convince other people to agree. That's how words work. Okay, you could be wrong. <laughs> no. We flashback to our genocide episode that should have been genticide. Genticide. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Doctor Greg, do you want to talk about hominin versus hominid? Sure. Ho- probably more people are familiar with the term hominid, which was used um, for quite a long time to mean Human relatives, human ancestors, things like people that aren't quite people. I am not familiar with either, so I'm starting out from a great position. Well, there you go. We're going to get some science in here. We're going to get some science in We're going to put some science in you. (laughs) You're going to get your science all up inside me? Be ready for the science. (laughs) Hominid comes from the idea of uh, us being related to great apes. We are great apes, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Humans are great apes. The greatest. (laughs) (laughs) We're the greatest of the the great apes. I just want to double check and make sure. You're not saying grape ape. We're not all grape apes, are we? We're not all purple monkeys. Not all of us. He he was the grapest of the apes. (laughs) The rest of us are less great. Uh Um, So hominidae are... All of the apes, the great apes, the orangutans, the gorillas, the chimpanzees, and including humans as well. Right. But if you want to be more specific, the tribe that we now belong to, this is a pretty recent development within the past five to ten years. Let me guess, it's called Quest. Not that tribe. That's a very specific group. Okay. Are you ready for this name? You guys are going to like this. Okay. The tribe we belong to, Hamanini. Hamanini. I didn't even know that we were in a tribe. We are. So it's it's a smaller... Subgrouping. Okay. Below family, above genus and species. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's just yeah. the humans and human ancestors since we split off from the other great apes. Now, other animal groupings don't have tribes. It's just They can. Yeah, they oh. can. Sure. I've long suspected mm-hmm. that Joe was a ninny from the very beginning. Oh, I'm a ninny. I am a hominini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fear of apes and humans being related to apes is called pithecophobia. And fear of caves, we are, this is about cavemen technically, although they didn't all live in caves, is spelunkophobia. Can I ask what, what Pythica means? Uh, Pythica is... It's that, it's that cool helmet that they wear in the desert. A Pythica helmet? It comes yeah. from the uh, Greek for ape or monkey. The oh. Pythikos. Oh, okay. okay. Fear of apes. All Makes right. sense, eh? Mm-hmm. So for people who want some time frames about the ancestors that we're talking about, we're talking about humanity's ancestors and their relatives, because not all of these were actually descendants of. And by relatives, Since, you mean things that we fuck. Uh, and well, then had babies out of That <laughs> would mean that our ancestors were species with somebody that split off from our uh-huh. uh, lineage. Like our uh, distant cousins, although di- maybe you also fucked them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have. Since Depends the split how distant. With, I've never humped a cousin, but I'm not against it. <laughs> 
Aren't we all cousins? Mm-hmm. Look at it that way. <laughs> That's what I told her. <laughs> so this goes from the split with chimps about five to six million years ago mm-hmm. until modern humans about 10 to 30,000 years ago. Let me guess. The split with chimps? Banana split. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get anywhere in this episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this, dude, you're giving me too many chances. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So That's, wait, a funny so topic. What was the last uh, date you gave me? Uh, ten to thirty thousand years ago. That's okay. the, as more as, as recent as we're getting. Most recent that we're getting. Okay. So twenty about twenty thousand years. Uh, actually, most of what we're covering is going to be a little bit further back. Before we get going, before we start talking about all the major players, uh, Mr. Dr. Greg has a pop quiz for us. The way the quiz is going to work, I'm going to have questions for each of the three of you, and you're going to tell me which of these hominins applies. Okay. You get to pick one. So let's read through the possibilities. You have them in front of you. Mm-hmm. Oh. So A is Australopithecus. Our oh, first we should one. put this list up on podcast.com and our listeners can play along. They can play along all as right. well. Australopithecus is first. Second, Homo erectus. <laughs> save it, save it, save it. <laughs> Can't resist. <laughs> Joke. We'll come back to it. <laughs> uh, next are the Neanderthals, possibly called Homo neanderthalensis. Okay. Then uh, a group that have been dubbed by the media the hobbits. Right. Homo okay. floriensis. Because of their furry feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Homo sapiens is the next species. I've heard of that one. And mm. then... Uh, another possibility, of course, is none of the above. And you're okay. giving us what kind of uh, I'm going to give you a, a trait, something oh, that's okay. known about ah, one of these groups, and you, and you get to name which one applies. Oh, which okay. one's a trait. Okay. A trait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, something about them, a fact, interesting uh-huh. thing about them. Fan of hair metal. All right, so we're going to start. all of them. <laughs> we're going to start with Joe, and it, gets, it starts easy and, and gets, gets harder. Oh, yeah. okay. Joe should get the easiest one. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna struggle the most. We're gonna start with Kevin. I, I, uh, <laughs> and I did, that, I did that to myself. The first one is the species that you belong to. Hey, Homo sapiens. Oh, Bing, Bing, Bing. Correct. Homo sapiens is correct. Okay, I'm winning. <laughs> Me and Charlie Sheen, we're winning. And now for Torin. Okay, the one that is found was found only in Africa. Oh, mm. only in Africa. Nowhere else in the world. Well, one of them's name starts with Australia, so <laughs> I'm going to think it's not that one. Who could be a fake could out, it, though? Here's a question about the rules. Are we going to have? Are we going to double up on any of these? Could it also be Homo sapiens? I'm no. not saying that. It, that's my answer. I'm not going to rule out that possibility. Oh God! <laughs> Found only in Africa. Found yeah. only in Africa. Oh God! Homo erectus. Incorrect. Huh? Incorrect. Is it none of the above? Incorrect. What? That's, uh, that's what I was. That's my gut was telling I'm me. I'm gonna go. I... I'm going with Australopithecus. Australopithecus the, is correct. Oh yeah, because I was thinking the Australian one was a fake out. Well, no, it's like a, Aust- just a... The, the, They have a similar root, uh-huh. which means south or southern. Oh. So Australia is a southern continent. Australopithecus means southern ape man. Well, I'm smoking you, ass. First described in Africa. Are you keeping track? Somebody needs to keep track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, keep I'm keeping track of mine. Winning. <laughs> One million. Yeah. Kevin, two. <laughs> okay, we're up to Joe. Yeah. So, this group have a long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, lives in a hole, and everybody knows them. That's Hobbit. Incorrect. I know the answer is F. None of the above. <laughs> none of these hominins lived in holes, you idiot. <laughs> 
Otherwise, they're known as hole men. Why, instead why, of cavemen. why would you not call them cavemen? Caves are no, holes. Not, no, they didn't have fuzzy toes. They didn't have wooden pipes. Uh, see, I didn't think it was Homo floresiensis. I thought it was actually hobbits. Well, uh, real hobbits. Because you had yes, the word hobbits there. I did have the. It's a bit of a it's trick a question. Yeah, it's just a nickname. He they're, did it. He did it to you. They're not real hobbits. So All the, right. the word here is hobbits, and then in brackets. <laughs> yes, I know. So accurately, that is hobbits. Well, and to be honest, they probably did have fuzzy toes, but they probably had fuzzy everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just like Kevin. That one was a. Was a That's not true. I'm a, yeah. I'm a. I'm a hairless ape. But they didn't only live in holes. They ran around all over the place. All right. So round one, Kevin, you're in the lead. Good job. Oh, yeah, killing it. Here we go. Next one. The first to use a spoken language. Ooh. I'm going to go with uh, Neanderthals. I will accept Neanderthals. All right. C or E. So either Neanderthals or Homo sapiens. We're not quite sure which one used a spoken language first, but it could very well have been Neanderthals. All right. Another correct, another correct answer. Keeping Woo-hoo! track here. I'm pretty sure I saw Homo erectus in Walking with Cavemen talking. That's right. And they well, talked about how they did vocalize. Encino Man. Although maybe not, could maybe talk, what didn't count as language, yeah, I guess. Not language, not spoken language. Okay. Yeah, no, Homo erectus, all he talked about was boners, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Mostly ho- hooting and, and pointing and grunting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Torin. Yes. The first to make stone tool. Is this one worth three points? <laughs> so I can catch up to Kevin. <laughs> the first to make stone tools? Yes, the first to make stone tools. First hominin. Mm. Not not stone <laughs> tools, so you can't mention any of your friends from Chilliwack. I don't know the answer to this question. Australopithecus. No, I take it back, Neanderthals. <laughs> that is incorrect. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was another trick question. It was none of these. What? Oh. It was another species called Homo habilis. Oh. That means handyman because they were handy with their hands. Oh, okay. What happened to those guys? Uh, they just didn't make our list. They uh... <laughs> No, but like what happened to them? If they were oh, the first to make stone tools, they probably... I they evolved they into us. They would have caved our skulls in and taken well, over. Well, we're coming to that. We'll definitely get, do a segment on uh, violence in the Stone were, Age. Okay. Were they the ones that ended up using basically stone axes for like a million years, but then never really advanced their technology past that? Yep, yeah. pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Oh, okay, chips, so they were some crazy stuff. So they That's were they were basically uh, the caveman version of BlackBerry. They like they innovated immensely and they yeah. just froze in time. They totally did, and it was almost like uh, in when I watched. I'm going to talk about this a lot because it was a really good show. I watched BBC's uh, Walking with Cavemen. Mm-hmm. When they talked about it, they said to to this species, the stone axes that they used was kind of like the equivalent of just things that any other animal would use. The equivalent of like a hermit having a shell like it was right. just their natural instinctive we'll get a rock and i hit things with it it right. wasn't they didn't have the imagination to then go oh if i put this at the end of a stick and tie it with this stuff it will be even better they didn't know that no, yeah. it, it took a big any... black monolith for them to that's figure right out. exactly high <laughs> pitched wine and, and kevin the it wasn't called a, a blackberry it was called a rockberry mm-hmm. yeah back of course then. yeah all right we're on to joe's question joe's Uh-oh. question number two they interbred with Homo sapiens. Oh, that would be the Neanderthals. Oh, I knew Correct. that one. I yeah, knew that one. We all knew that one. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Homo Neanderthalensis. All right. One, finally, somebody else gets one. And that's actually not a <laughs> slam dunk. We've got good evidence for it, but we're not 100% sure. Oh. Well, but how else do we get the 1% to 5% of Neanderthal DNA? Common ancestry. For... Oh, okay. I see. Sure. Yep. Could have been due to common ancestry. All right. So here's your question. Yeah. 
the first to have body proportions like a modern human. What do you mean by body? <laughs> Good question. Good question. I, I should mean, ask that. I mean, I, not, I feel like I don't mind. have some body proportions <laughs> similar to a human. You know, length of arms was one of the biggies. Okay. And uh, how the legs fit together and All right, I'm gonna how go, the body was proportioned. I'm going to go with erectus. Homo erectus. Wow, he's on fire. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Uh-huh. Three for three. Just, uh, you know, figured a guy who talked about boners nonstop would uh, be all about proportion. You know what I'm saying? Doran, here, here's, here's a chance for you to go on the board. Okay. <laughs> they hunted pygmy elephants. They hunted pygmy elephants? Pygmy elephants. If only I knew which, how recent these, each of these dudes were. And by dudes, I mean ancient species of man. Well, they're, they're kind of in order. Oh, well, hobbits are pygmy people. It only stands to reason that they would hunt pygmy that, that, elephants. That's, that is the rationale I would use. <laughs> and you're winning. Yeah. So I'm going to say hobbits homo forensiensis. Bing, 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 Is that like not the most adorable idea in the world? These little tiny three-foot tall critters running after these little tiny pygmy yes. elephants? <laughs> that is pretty awesome. All right. Final question. Okay. Evolved in Africa about four million years ago. Oh. Uh, not 3.9, not 4.1. Well, if it's any, it might be none of the above. Actually, it probably is. I'm going to say none of the above. Oh, uh, no, Australopithecus, right? I, if it's any, it's Australopithecus. Australopithecus but... Ask the hominin expert over there. <laughs> okay, Kevin yeah. seems to be the expert today. <laughs> no, no. We already had an Africa question about them, right? Australopithecus. No, well, many of them evolved in Africa, but more recently. Right. So Australopithecus was the one that came from quite, quite a while ago. All right. So that's the first. So right. I win then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes, the point of the game was to get the least number of points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just do it. Let's do a quick little review. Okay. We'll do a quick review of all our major players. So mm-hmm. Australopithecus. I <laughs> Sorry, I won the game. <laughs> that's right. That's first. That's now, the, now proceed. Before we even mention anything else, we yeah. got to. Mm-hmm. Kevin's the caveman expert. Mm-hmm. So Australopithecus is our first genus. So this was not too long after the split with chimpanzees. Okay. Five okay. to six million. So it's years the most ago. chimpy like of all the hominins. Well, except let's think about it. Chimps are around today. Yeah. And so they've undergone five to six million years of evolution as well. Oh. oh okay. So, so the chimps from back then. Proto chimps. Well, like... not the chimps of back then. The the, the, the ancestors. ancestors. Yeah. The the chimp ancestors is uh, the human ancestors. So we can't call them chips. Chimps. So the back then chimps weren't chimps. They were chimpoids. No. no. We can call them ape like creatures. Australopithecus. <laughs> They were chimps in the same way that we are Australopithecus. Right, yeah. Australo- are we descended from Australopithecus? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Australopithecus. Probably some branches, but not all of them. Right. Okay. The most famous Kevin, Australopithecus. Yes, me, no. <laughs> the most famous Australopithecus fossil is named Lucy. Okay. Mm. So she was discovered, Lucy was discovered by Don Johansson in Africa in, in, in about 1974. Not, Wait, a, not, not about. It not, was actually 1974. Not in the sky with diamonds? That's exactly where she got her name from. Really? Really. So, so they were on acid when they found her. <laughs> pretty or much. Or they thought they were on acid when they found her. Kevin, this was 1974. It's, they were on everything. <laughs> and it's a bunch of academics partying in Africa. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they were listening to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds over and over again while they were celebrating this new found, this new found fossil this hmm. and uh so they named her lucy that's not even a joke that's hilarious yeah the real truth thing. is stranger than fiction 
Except for most of the time. You're, you're reading the wrong <laughs> fiction, yeah. So there's, there's a couple other groups that date from back then or a little bit earlier, but we're going to just go with the major players. Okay. okay. So next we're up to our genus already, Homo. Mm-hmm. Same genus we belong to. So Australopithecines are so different than us that we put them in a different genus. There's a couple different species, Afarensis, Africanus, different, different types. But mm. we are going to um, now talk about a whole new genus of hominin, uh, the one that we belong to. So uh, Homo habilis, we already mentioned, handyman, probably mm-hmm. the first to, uh, to use tools. Right. And then Homo erectus. Now, Homo erectus, besides having a really wonderful name, lived from about uh, 1.8 million years ago to about 70,000 years ago. Okay. That's and the a most good stretch. Yeah. So they were very successful, and they spread everywhere. So out of Africa. They traveled out of Africa. They traveled through um, Eurasia into uh, Eastern Asia, and the most famous fossil of Homo erectus is called Peking Man. Oh, okay. After Homo erectus left Africa, another set of species belonging to the same genus evolved in Africa okay. and started to spread out. So there's two big waves, at least two big waves, of hominins leaving Africa. Mm-hmm. And so the next group in Europe evolved into Neanderthals, Homo neanderthalensis. Okay. And so that was about 400,000 years ago to start, up to about 30,000 years ago. Oh, okay. Homo neanderthalensis. So that pretty big stretch there, too. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good run. They did okay. And it was during the Ice Age in Europe. It was well, cold. it's tough. Yeah. So they're sort of the original cavemen. They lived in caves because it was... Not weird. as cold. We have another wave out of Africa, which is our species, or the species that came before ours. And so they're not Homo erectus. They're not Homo neanderthalensis. Um, They've been given different names, but they're essentially early Homo sapiens. And so they also moved out to the Middle East, to Europe, eventually to Asia. And so we think in some places they interbred with Neanderthals. And what are they called? One of the names is uh, Homo heidelbergensis. Heidelbergensis? Where they were first described. They don't have a more common name? Hasn't hasn't come up yet? Well, they're they're pretty much humans by this point, just about. They're not called proto-sapiens? Because that would be cool. That's a good name. It's a good name. Yeah. So we've looked at their genetics. That's how we can tell that there is a little bit of Neanderthal in each one of us. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe more than, than more than others. Some more, Some than, more others. than others. Yeah. Except if you're African. This is the cool part. Okay. Because human ancestors left Africa. Okay. And the ones that stayed around in Africa didn't interbreed with the Neanderthals because the Neanderthals were in Europe, right? Mm. Right. So it's only non-African modern-day humans, us, that have maybe 1% to 4% of our genes that we share with Neanderthals. Interesting. Mm. Okay. All right. There's another group, too, similar to these Neanderthals that are found further east um, in the mountains of Siberia in a place called Denisova Cave. They found uh, just two little bits, a tooth and a finger joint. Okay. But the coolest thing was that they were able to extract DNA from these. Because of how cold it was? Part of it is the conditions and how, how it was saved, but also right. how recent it was as well. Right. Okay. And so it was still intact, still had DNA inside of it. And from that, they could tell that this is another hominin species. Mm. So split off from Neanderthals, went east instead of sticking around Europe. And they probably interbred with humans as well. And so you can only find Denisovan DNA in individuals, modern humans, in Micronesia. So in the 
southeastern islands in the, in the South Pacific and Australia. Oh, okay. Right, right. Okay. Now, here's my question. And so they found that bone in Siberia? That's right. They found a bone in Siberia for a people that is related to a people that live only in Micronesia. So the Denisovans were probably living in all of Eastern Europe and Western Asia. Right. And as the Homo sapiens left Africa right. and traveled to the east. They wiped them out. They inter- well, they probably did wipe them out. Right. But they also interbred a little bit as well. Okay. That's the scientific, polite way of saying what We happened. do like humping things. Yes, there we go. We do. I think we've this carried that trait. Th- I think we've carried that trait along for quite a few generations. This is going to be a theme. But yeah. you have to hump before you kill. Here's, here's my question. That's the secret to yeah. pro- progenity. Progenital. <laughs> progenital warts? Progenital warts. <laughs> here's... Here's my question. Here's my question. Because if you've got these peoples that are like wandering the earth, they're leaving continents and going to other continents. Like, why the hell would you ever go to Siberia? Like, if you're going to wander the earth and go anywhere you can go, or like, you know, choose a, a land and go there, how anybody ends up in a cave in Siberia? Like, I would just like walk up the one hill and go, forget this, turn around and go Probably back. like well, following the dire gazelles or whatever. Yeah. And remember, this is over thousands and thousands of years, right? So it's not like they just all packed up and then walked 50,000 kilometers to <laughs> it's bigger than the planet. <laughs> it's not like they uh, packed up and walked thousands of kilometers to get to their new place. Right. They just were like, Oh, well, uh, let's all move the deer, the, let's move the uh, tent over a few feet. We've chopped down all the trees <laughs> here times. and all the deers have moved slightly to the North and East. So, so let's go set up our new community down there. So it was death by a thousand moves. Kevin, I have yeah. another answer for you as well. This is like, this is like my college years. We moved a lot. I have another answer. You Same said, thing. how did these guys end up in Siberia? Yeah. They were tough bastards. Yeah. Oh. Everybody Chicken knows somebody like that, right? They're a tough bastard. They just they like to climb rocks. They like to, you know, head out in the mountains. Oh, yeah. They're they ex- like extreme cavemen. Yeah, yes. Extreme yeah. cavemen. <laughs> we have all grown up to exist in our cushy worlds that our parents have yeah. created. You would never go to Siberia <laughs> by I foot. No, you know what the irony but some is? Some people might. The irony is, is that I deal with cold weather much better than your average bear. So I bear. probably... I probably should end up in Siberia, but I'm glad that my ancestors yeah. didn't wander there. It's the walk there that you don't like. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. We're going to talk about my favorite hominin species now. Homo All sapiens? Right. Those are my favorites. Those are okay. My favorites are the hobbits. Oh. Uh, the Homo florianensis. So they're from the island of Flores, sort of near Java, Komodo, uh, oh. that area. So they eat- probably rode Komodo dragons. Wouldn't that be awesome? With like spears and like saddles. Yeah. Yeah. They probably did. I'm going to say they did. All right. You heard it here first, folks. And remember, they hunted pygmy elephants. Yes. So the reason they were so small, so we have found a bunch of them. Well, the remains, skeletal remains of a bunch of them. And they're about a meter tall. Okay. And these are adults, fully grown adults. So for a long time, there was an argument whether they were just, you know, like the pygmy bushmen in Africa or something like that, just this little tribe of, of normal humans that, that were for some reason not. a little bit smaller. Yeah, they were stunted. But by other people are arguing they were a different species. And okay. so the idea is that they were the, the Homo erectus that traveled to Asia, and some of them ended up in this little island, and so evolved into a smaller, different species. Okay. Right, because they're the you know food and whatever was a little scarcer. So you don't want to be big. You want to be exactly. small. Exactly. It's called insular dwarfism. Okay. And it's actually seen in lots of different things. Yeah. Dinosaurs, mammals, snakes, a lot of things that live on islands. And actually, it's funny because the opposite is possible as well. You can have insular gigantism mm-hmm. because there are some things that don't have any predators on an island. Right. So mm. they can just get bigger and bigger, like the dodo. 
Like the moa. Yeah, yeah. Right? They can just get big. Until uh, finally a predator comes along and you're too big and stupid to outrun it. So yeah. there are giant rats on some islands, for example, yeah. much, much bigger than the rats you'd find mm-hmm. in the mainland. So, so the my Hobbit, other... Hobbit's putting saddles on giant rats. There we huh? go. There we go. They do everything. Uh, you know, put a saddle on anything, make a Hobbit. Now we're just seeing them as the precursor to the people in that epic movie that nobody saw. Yeah. <laughs> Did they ride giant rats? Uh, they rode hummingbirds. Oh, That's how tiny they were. okay, okay. Well, that's really small. Mm-hmm. Smaller than Hobbits. The upshot of all this is, let's, let's do a quick little uh, recap. First of all, Kevin won. Yep. Yes, that's must first be part said. of our recap. Each, right. First part each of segment of every surprised everybody. The fact that I've got that seed planted makes my makes me very happy. And so we had Homo erectus, the first hominin to leave Africa. Yeah, everybody Peking else was, man. was evolving like crazy in Africa. Got it. And they made it all the way to Asia at the very least. And some of them ended up on a tiny little island and evolved into tiny little hobbits. But after that, other groups maybe with the name of Heidelbergensis, Homo Heidelbergensis is a possibility, mm-hmm. left Africa and evolved in different places to different species or subspecies like the Neanderthals and the Denisovans. But then our direct ancestors, Homo sapiens, evolved and just took over the whole planet. Because we're awesome. Interbred with a couple others, but yes, that makes us the greatest of the great apes. Right. Yeah. And Sometimes. this is over the course of, of four to five million years. Mm-hmm. Something about us gave us a massive worldwide advantage. Yeah, what is the, what is? Do we know what the reason is that we had? I a think massive it was chutzpah, worldwide? wasn't there's it? A, there's a couple <laughs> was it of just, things. Was it just? It was a can-do attitude. One of the things that really separated our ancestors from the the those that came before them. Uh, I'm not sure when this happened. Maybe Dr. Greg can can let me know. Uh, because of those changes that happened, that the forests all started dying out and it became more of a savanna rather than a big lush continent in Africa, Right. Uh, was we switched to being hunters rather than just lying around eating fruit and things like that. Okay. And our method of hunting was literally to just walk after things. Or, or run. Or, well, I guess or run. But, but the, the theory that really, makes, that really impresses me is just the long term, I'm going to get that deer. And you'd go after that deer and that deer is way faster at running than you. Yeah. But you just kind of jog after it and it would freak out and sprint. But being four-legged, its ability to move used a lot more energy than right. being on two legs. Being on two legs and just getting that gait going and moving your arms is incredibly energy efficient compared to, or not incredibly, but it's slightly more energy efficient yeah. than being, four on, legs being bad, on four legs. Two legs good. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for long-term travel. So humans would just walk or jog after things. And when they'd run away, they'd keep up with it and just keep their energy levels up. And eventually that thing just got tired and had to lie down. Yeah, it was right. just an endurance test. It was an endurance test. And we would keep walking until it just couldn't walk anymore and then go kill it and cart it back to so where it was. So they fed on the giant Joe bird until there were none of them left. Yeah. And they were full and they had like, created an entire society. Because it was it just probably the- was that there were certain prey creatures. I'm guessing yeah. that that were very easy to do this to, right? Yeah. That they had nothing that tried to hunt them that way. Mm-hmm. So it probably became instantly a super useful skill to have, which then evolved into a super useful skill to use against other not as easy to hunt down, mm-hmm. uh, to walk after. We're the fucking Terminator when it comes to hunting. Right. We just don't give up. We just never get tired. We just walk after a thing we want to kill until it gets tired and dies. Well, but that, we that wouldn't sell, uh, separate us from the Terminators themselves. <laughs> it doesn't. It's true. That's why we built the Terminators <laughs> to work that way. Oh, let's do it like we did. <laughs> but this is all tied in with the, the size of the brain, too. I didn't mention right. one of the big changes was Australopithecines had an ape-sized brain, so like less than half a liter, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. say. 
And then um, through and, and some of these other are, groups, generally, well, we're getting there. Okay. So through some of these, some of these intermediate groups, they're getting up to um, three quarters of a liter to a liter. It's easier to talk about liters than cc's because everybody, you know, has a yeah. Yeah. bottle of pop or, or yeah, water, sure. milk, and so um, we're about one point three, one point four liters. Okay. Right. Okay. Our brain volume. So it's like um, you get a liter of milk for a box of cereal. Yep. And we're one and a third of those cartons. Yeah, one and that's a half. Right. That's right. And and our ancestors well, were. I'm one and a half. You're one. Less than half that. And so this is related to the hunting that Joe was talked about. Mm-hmm. So rather than um, surviving just on plant material, we had a much higher percentage of meat and fat. And that's really good for building brains. Ah. So our brains could get larger and so larger. So vegetarians are stupid. <laughs> they need to eat more, let's say. All right. And then this is tied into tool use as well. So we talked about the building the axes, mm-hmm. chipping the rocks, and, and getting better and better at that. Yeah, it was uh, that was a, a really good thing that I think that, again, uh, walking with cavemen got across was how all these multiple complicated kind of things all sort of worked together and all sort of helped each other to move these creatures that at the very beginning were very much like just chimpanzee plus right. or chimp ancestor plus so like google plus somehow yes Mm -hmm. just like google plus nobody uses very few people (laughs) used it but eventually it was incredibly successful once it changed into something changed to look more like facebook right (laughs) homo facebook yes so can i I get back to this idea of out of africa yeah i think this is a cool idea Okay. So what this tells us is that earlier earlier thoughts were when we found Peking man in, in uh, China or we found Neanderthals in Europe, we found that the idea was that these different groups evolved in different places over millions of years. Mm-hmm. And that would make different people from different parts of the world very unrelated to each other in a way. Right. Very different. And this was thought for a long time up until DNA. So in the 80s through the 90s, as we got better and better at reading the DNA, we realized that that's probably not the story, that Homo erectus spread out, that Neanderthals spread out, but really it was a much more recent group that came out of Africa that we all descended from. Right, that humped Mm -hmm. everything inside. And that makes us much more closely related to each other. Right. And so this is the theme of of a song um, by a friend of mine, Baba Brinkman. He, He wrote The Rap Guide to Evolution. So So, he he decided that he's a rap artist, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, he thought Charles Darwin didn't get his due. We'll we'll set it to rap. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So he takes his uh, his ideas from a lot of other hip hop artists, and so there's a group called Dead Prez. You might be familiar with. Had a song called "I'm African." And it was about African pride. It was about, you know, growing up in, in a poor black neighborhood and they wanted to express African pride. And so Baba Brinkman took this one step further and said, really, it's not just Africans that should have African pride. It's all humans because we're so recently right. descended from Africans. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping I could share with you a little bit from, from this song. Okay. I'm sure. African. Anytime you're ready. No, I wasn't born in Ghana, but Africa's my mama. Because that's where my mama got her mitochondria. You can try and fight it if you want to, but it's not going to change me. Because it's plain to see that Africans are my people. And if that's not plain to see, then your eyes deceive you. I'm talking primeval. The DNA in my veins tells a story that reasonable people find believable. But it might even blow your transistors. That Africa is the home of our most recent common ancestors. Which means human beings are all brothers and sisters. So check the massive evidence of Homo erectus and Australopithecus afarensis in the fossil record. Then try and tell me we're not 
not all connected. The fossil record has gaps but no contradictions, and it complements the evidence in all chromosome. So I came to tell you about your ancestral home. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Uh, I am assuming this is going to be our intermission song. We're going to hear some of the original of that song, yeah, during the intermission. Mm-hmm. Hominins and cannibalism, again, call back to our cannibalism episode. Right. Uh, the earliest known instance of cannibalism among hominins occurred roughly 800,000 years ago. The victims, mainly children, may have been eaten as part of a strategy to defend territories against neighbors, research report in the Journal of Human Evolution. The cannibalism in question was discovered in the Grand Dolina cave site of Spain's Atapuerca Mountains. Edward Carbonell of the University of Rovira and Virgili in Spain and colleagues found evidence of butchering on bones belonging to Homo antecessor, a controversial species that lived in Europe as early as 1.2 million years ago. Because no other hominid species has been found in the region at the same time as the butchered bones, the victims must have been eaten by their own kind, the team concluded in 2010 in the journal Current Anthropology. So they find bones of this variety, and they don't find bones of any other kind of hominin. And they have been obviously butchered and eaten. Yeah. And so they have been butchered and eaten by their own kind. Sometimes it's easier to find a baby than a a blooming onion or a... Well, yeah. Well, even looking at, at our infanticide episode. Yeah. You know, it's only been in the last several hundred years that we've really, truly valued every single baby that we have. And if it's your neighbor's baby, well, and if then, it's your you know, neighbor's baby, whatever. Yeah. I like how they tied it to territorial defense. Like these new people moved into the neighborhood. I don't like them so much. I mean, Let's eat, eat their babies. babies. Let's eat their yeah. babies. Yeah. yeah. If only they'd had drive-throughs. Could have like you know. Ooh. Yeah. They did in the Flintstones. Drive-through babies. Remember the big side of uh, a mammoth they put on the, yeah, the Flintstone the bron- car and it tipped the whole thing <laughs> the over? The brontosaurus ribs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, in January 2012, in the Journal of Human Evolution, this was reported by Discovery. They found human gnawing and chewing marks identified on human and other hominid bones. The findings support the idea that some prehistoric humans practiced nutritional cannibalism. Mm -hmm. The newly identified signature for human bone chewing is also helping to determine what animals early hominids ate. Prehistoric humans, along with Neanderthals and Homo antecessor, made meals of each other, suggest new research on probable human teeth marks found on prehistoric human bones. Oh, everyone was eating everyone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The findings, which will be published in the January issue of the Journal of Human Evolution, support prior theories that the first humans to recolonize Britain after the last Ice Age practiced nutritional cannibalism 12,000 years ago at a site called Goes Cave in what is now Somerset, England. This is as opposed to recreational cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, you know. And people, people said that British food is no good, but I mean. <laughs> they probably boiled the hell out of their babies before yeah. they ate them, got yeah. rid of all the flavor. It was a survival strategy, according to authors Yolanda Fernando Halvo and Peter Andrews. Think that a member of your group dies, Fernando Halvo told Discovery News. The body can give one day off from hunting, which was always dangerous at that time, and what to do with the dead body that may attract other dangerous carnivores that may attack the group. So it's just like, well, the baby died. Might as well eat it. Some meat here. Yeah. If I go hunting, I could die from that saber-toothed cat. Yeah. Yeah, but also you probably wouldn't have understood what killed the baby. So, you know, yeah. eating it was still kind of a risky if, proposition. If it died of a disease, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Could have also been, you know, like Uncle Fred. You know, he's just uh, rotting over there in the corner, or he's right. going to be rotting over there in right. the corner. Yeah, but so. he died from something, too. Who knows? Well, they, Who didn't, knows? they didn't think. They didn't they, have germ they, theory back then. They didn't have um, uh, Purell to soak the thing in. That's right. 
So this, this Fire is, cleanses all. <laughs> to determine what patterns humans leave behind when they chew or gnaw on bones, the researchers had four different groups of European people chew raw and cooked meat bones from various animals. Huh? <laughs> so have a bone, chew on this for a while, and we'll compare the indentations to what we found in our fossilized bones. Oh. The scientists also studied bones now in a museum, which were chewed in the 1960s by the Khoi people of Namibia. The Khoi tended to not cook food as much as the Europeans did, so the researchers wanted to see what kind of damage they left behind on discarded bones. The control of fire by early humans was a turning point in the cultural aspect of human evolution that allowed humans to cook food and obtain warmth and protection. Mm. Making fire also allowed the expansion of human activity into the dark and colder hours of the night and provided protection from predators and insects. Evidence of widespread control of fire dates from approximately 125,000 years ago and later. Evidence for the controlled use of fire by Homo erectus beginning some 400,000 years ago has wide scholarly support, while claims regarding earlier evidence are mostly dismissed as inconclusive or sketchy. But I do have some of that data. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, were they were they calling the evidence sketchy or were they calling the, the hominins sketchy? Like those, <laughs> those sketchy they, homo habilis they guys. They were probably both. Or maybe they needed the fire because they liked to do sketches. Like those little oh, yeah. caricatures, charcoal, right. charcoal it's drawings. It's hard to draw yeah. in the dark. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, you know, they, so they come into some cave and they find a big-headed caveman with a, on a skateboard, or a, <laughs> you know, spearing a mammoth with like the big oversized teeth or whatever. Caricatures, caricatures, caricatures. Yeah, yeah. yeah of cavemen. Yeah. You, you like riding roller skates, don't you? We <laughs> haven't invented those yet. <laughs> you like eating your neighbor's children, don't you? Oh, don't draw that. <laughs> now, Stone Age skulls from ancient mortuaries show that Britain was once a dangerous place to live, not like now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only when you're a soccer hooligan. Between 4000 and 3200 BC, Britons had a 1 in 14 chance of being smashed over the head. Oh, wow. 1 in 14. Uh, just from just, things falling from the sky? That, that, they really killer, like big hail? And those injured had a 1 in 50 chance of dying. Okay. No, they're getting head, hit over the head by other Stone Age dudes in Britain. Oh, all right. Okay. Wow. Researchers analyzed the remains of 350 Stone Age British skulls. Most of the skulls came from ancient mortuary monuments dubbed Long Barrows in southern England. You yeah. don't want to be buried in one of those short barrows. That no. Would just be- yeah. No. Wow. Cramped. That's where the hobbits go. Studying the shape and appearance of fractures on the skulls revealed that around 2% of these people had died from a lethal head wound. <laughs> a further 4 to 5% had received a blow to the head but had recovered from their injuries as indicated by fractures that appear to have knitted back together. Okay. That doesn't happen after you die. No. That sounds painful. (laughs) Knitting skulls together? They have a beautiful (laughs) sweater. The findings suggest that the Neolithic, or New Stone Age, period in Britain was much more violent than previously thought. It wasn't just uh, hippie druids holding hands and singing songs. Maybe it was friendly. Maybe it was just standing around the pub, hitting each other in the head with bottles. You say much more violent than previously thought. The thing is, when we portray cavemen, they're always just hitting each other over the the head head with clubs. Yeah, and then taking the woman and dragging her by her hair. If other kinds of injury are taken into account, then the death rate was probably even higher. Yeah, that that was just skulls that they studied. Yeah. Most archaeologists have long considered Neolithic Britain to be a peaceful place. Hmm, oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Where people were largely occupied with farming and small-scale trading and not hitting each other in the head. <laughs> the new findings paint a more bloodthirsty picture. The majority of the injuries appear to have been caused by blunt instruments such as antlers and clubs. Wait, what kind of antlers are they talking about? 
because the non-pokey kind, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, moose antlers. The kind of antlers I've seen aren't too blunt. I'm gonna guess that you that they're antlers from dead animals that people would then hit you with. Like you would take an antler and make a club out of it, carve it or something. Maybe yeah. maybe they were really concerned. Maybe they had a really tight knit society and they were terribly concerned with their image, right? So there was a lot of like stuff like autoerotic asphyxiation and stuff like that. And you know their buddy would come in and find them, you know, in the closet. And they'd be like, I'm going to smash this guy in the head and, uh, you know, make it look like he got clubbed to death. So, you know, his mom doesn't, you know, think he's going to hell or something. And they had to make sure they wiped his email as well. Yeah, that's right. His browsing history. Put on some clean underwear. Smack him Mm -hmm. in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Africa. I'm an African. I'm an African. Yeah. And I know what's happening. I'm an African. I'm an African. Archaeologists know what's happening. You an African. You an African. Yeah. Do you know what's happening? I'm an African. I'm an African. Geneticists know what's happening. No, I wasn't born in Ghana, but Africa's my mama. Cause that's where my mama got her mitochondria. You can try to fight if you want to, but it's not going to change me. Cause it's plain to see. Africans are my people. And if it's not plain to see, then your eyes deceive you. I'm talking primeval. The DNA in my veins tells a story that reasonable people find believable. But it might even blow your transistors. Africa is the home of our most recent common ancestors. Which means human beings are all brothers and sisters. To check the massive evidence of Homo erectus and Australopithecus afarensis in the fossil record. And then try to tell me that we're not all connected. The fossil record has gaps but no contradictions. And it complements the evidence in your chromosomes. So I came to let you know about your ancestral home. I'm an African, I'm an African, yeah, and I know what's happening. I'm an African, I'm an African. Archaeologists know what's happening. You an African, you an African, yeah. Do you know what's happening? I'm an African, I'm an African. Geneticists know what's happening. Yeah, it's plain to see. You can't change me, cause I'ma be a homo sapien for life. Yeah, it's plain to see. You can't change me, cause I'ma be a homo sapien for life. Yeah, the red is for the blood in my arm It runs in the veins of all my cousins from the same African mom And the black is for the melanin, which I guess I lost A mutation with benefits that offset the cost, at least in the north After massive glaciation, my family passed through some adaptive radiations We started as Africans, and then became Eurasians And then one final migration made us Canadians But it's back to my origin, cause I understand For every color of man, Africa is the motherland So I'm coming back, that's my right of return I'm only speaking the facts, which I invite you to learn We came from Africa first, Charles Darwin predicted it Cause that's where modern chimps and gorillas live So the green is for the envy in the eyes of intelligent design advocates and scientific illiterate I'm an African, I'm an African, yeah And I know what's happening I'm an African, I'm an African Archaeologists know what's happening You an African, you an African, yeah Do you know what's happening? I'm an African, I'm an African Geneticists know what's happening C-A-N-A-D-A Asia, UK, USA R-U-S-S-I-A No, it ain't about where you stay It's about the motherland C-H-I-N-A A-U-S-T-R-I-A Oz, Tasmania, and Ukraine No, it ain't about where you stay It's about the motherland M-O-N-G-O-L-I-A Saudi Arabia and Kuwait Sweden, Denmark, and Norway No, it ain't about where you stay It's about the motherland C-O-L-O-M-B-I-A Costa Rica, I-N-D-I-A First Nations in A-L-A-S-K-A No, it ain't about where you stay It's about the motherland The 
news. Hominins in the news today. 2013 Boston. The title of this article is I Can Create a Neanderthal Baby, I Just Need a Willing Woman. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah, (laughs) that is the weirdest pickup line I've ever heard. A scientist has said it would be possible to clone a Neanderthal baby from ancient DNA if he could find a woman willing to act as a surrogate. George Church, a genetics professor of Harvard School of Medicine, said that the process was possible and that far from being brutal and primitive... Yeah. Well, no, it literally primitive. <laughs> well, yeah. the the result of it. No, Neanderthals were intelligent beings. Uh, yeah, very sensitive, and, uh, open-minded, being. intelligent, brutal, primitive beings. Yeah, they are believed to be one of the ancestors of modern man and became extinct thirty-three thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. He added that altering the human genome could also provide the answers to curing diseases such as cancer and HIV, and hold the key to living to one hundred and twenty and some sort of horrible, ironic um, zombie apocalypse. Right, probably. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where did he get that number from? He just made that up. Yeah. One hundred and twenty. We're going to live to be one hundred well, and twenty. Well, and also we're just the there. declaration. Oh, and this could cure cancer and HIV. You know, sure. no, why not? You know why? Because he's learned what it takes to get money as a research scientist. Yeah, and you say, I'm doing something that could cure cancer and HIV. Give me research dollars, please. I have already managed to extract to attract enough DNA from fossil bones to reconstruct the DNA of a human species large extinct. Now I need an uh, uh, adventurous female human. I suppose he could hit her over the head with a big stone axe. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. If you want to keep it thematically correct. If he couldn't find a willing participant. Uh-huh. The professor claims that he could introduce parts of the Neanderthal genome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to introduce this part. Hey, baby, how about I introduce my, <laughs> my parts? My part. Uh-huh. Uh, to human stem cells and clone them to create a fetus that could then be implanted in a woman. And who's to know he hasn't already done this? Mm. Well, here's what I want to know. You know, like we're some Neanderthals- kind of some kind of DNA packet Have you on ever- the tip of his penis. Are you penis? saying there's some <laughs> kind of comedy slash horror movie going on right now? Have in you the ever world? been to Baston before? Baston. I mean, I think there's a few Neanderthals there. Is all I'm saying. Uh, here's the question: What size were Neanderthals? Were they basically human sized? Are they like you know like fifty pounds bigger than us? Because like there's there's a danger that this thing could like you know not grow to term, you know, and fit through the birth canal anymore. Oh, I thought you were expecting it to, like, climb out like alien. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe necessitate it, yeah. They were shorter, Uh but stockier. They were stocky, those Neanderthals. They'd like my penis. Only slightly shorter, so we're looking at uh, Is that why you call it old Neanderthal? (laughs) That's why I call it young Neanderthal. I haven't got a great pube yet. (laughs) And and he uses that pickup line, can I introduce a small Neanderthal (laughs) to part of you? (laughs) Well, this is interesting from a Jurassic Park-like perspective. Um, but yeah, if if I had a vagina, mm-hmm. if only, I certainly wouldn't volunteer to have a Neanderthal put inside of it. It's because you're not adventurous. You're not willing. Torrin totally would. <laughs> would you? If you had a vagina, would you take a Neanderthal, baby? Put everything in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the things that you right, need to hold keys. on to. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> That's where I'd start. All right. I'm going to read both the original and the, and the, <laughs> the re-edited title. The original title um, found in the, the Guardian uh, was Skull of Homo Erectus Throws the Story of Human Evolution into Disarray. No! No, it's in disarray. It was all, it was all arrayed perfectly oh. before. It, but just the story of human evolution. They found the skull in the Garden of Eden, so... <laughs> it just messes it all up. Yeah. 
No, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna rename this story. Skull of Homo erectus throws the naming of a few hominin species into disarray. Oh, okay. Not quite so grandiose, but uh, right. maybe a little more realistic. Yeah, they're pushing paper, man. This is why you're not a newspaper man. That's right. I'm not. A hall of fossils. Not like a hall like uh, decorated with fossils. Not like H-A-L-L, but H-A-U-L. Okay. Big uh-huh. hall. Oh, right. you know, they got a lot of them. A hall of fossils found in Georgia suggests that half a dozen species of early human ancestor were actually all Homo erectus. Mm. Oh. This is the Georgia in uh, the former Soviet United States. Yeah, the Soviet Union. Yeah. That got Georgia. It. Mm-hmm. The spectacular fossiled skull of an ancient human ancestor that died nearly two million years ago in Central Asia has forced scientists to rethink the story of... No, I'm just not going to read the rest of that. Anthropologists <laughs> unearthed the skull at a site in Demancy, a small town in southern Georgia, where other remains of human ancestors, simple stone tools, and long extinct animals have been dated to about 1.8 million years old. All right. Experts believe the skull is one of the most important fossil finds to date. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, they all say that, right? <laughs> Every Again, single one. This Re- research, one. It's research scientists and archaeologists like looking for funding. It's got to be the most important find in the world. It's got to be momentous. It's got to throw things in disarray. But this one is PR. pretty cool. This one is pretty cool, though. All right. Okay. It has proved as controversial as it is stunning. Mm. Okay. Analysis of the skull and other remains at Demancy suggest the scientists have been too ready to name separate species of human ancestors in Africa. Okay. Many of those species may now have to be wiped from the textbooks. Okay. How so, will they do that? <laughs> I guess rip get, those pages out or something. Get your white out, people. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's going to be tricky. All right, let's hear more. I want to know why this skull has led to this conclusion. This is stunning. Are you ready for the stunning yeah. bit? Okay. The latest fossil is the only intact skull ever found of a human ancestor that lived in the early Pleistocene, when our predecessors first walked out of Africa. The skull adds to a hall of bones recovered from Demancy that belonged to five individuals, most likely an elderly male, two other adult males, a young female, and a juvenile of unknown sex. So the site was a busy watering hole that human ancestors shared with giant extinct cheetahs, Okay. Saber-toothed cats and other beasts. Oh, okay. The remains of the individuals were found in a collapsed dens where carnivores had apparently dragged the carcasses to eat. They're thought to have died within a few hundred years of one another. Okay, so you have... uh, Now, are they all different species? Is that why we're talking about this? The exact same species. Right. But the variation they found within these skulls is as large as the variation they found in all of these other skulls that oh, had previously been named into different species because they were found in vastly different locations or right. 10,000 years right. apart. So we found they found these skulls over here, and they said, well, this is erectus, and we found these shaped skulls over here, so we're going to call that... Antecessor. Antecessor. Uh, Whereas and- really it was just Paul Big Chin and... It, Johnny yeah. Fat it could Lobe just be and, that there was a wide yeah. variation in that species, yeah, and so that they are all technically related. So, so we know that they're all the same species because they are such close proximity to one another in time and space, and they are all eaten by saber-toothed tigers. And giant cheetahs, don't forget. And giant, giant cheetahs. cheetahs. Yeah. And dragged into this cave to be eaten. Yep. Uh, not necessarily. They could still be different species, no? Same time, same place. Same skulls, the best preserved that we've had. This was a population. These were okay. the same guys. All they right. were in the same... You but think? they show this wide variety. I'm just saying, you know, maybe some other species of human just happened to be walking through at the same time that and got uh, grabbed. That uh, the other dudes were being eaten by saber-toothed tigers and got saber-toothed. So you're saying it's like having multiple different species of mouse around the same watering hole? Yeah. 
Hey, maybe I. But the cool part is, parts of the skull looked like one species, and parts of the skull looked like another. And so it wasn't just the five skulls that all looked different from each other, okay. but the various parts of them encompassed the variation. Mm. Now, it's important also to point out, they did a further analysis on modern things, and the variation they saw between these five skulls, so shape of face, size of brain, shape of head, uh, is equivalent to the variation you see in modern humans. Right, so right. So we're not talking okay. things right. that are wildly different from one another. Right, right. It's within the, uh, in the parlance of our times... It's got a uh, an acceptable margin of error. Yep, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. if we were to compare Kevin's massive skull to say, well, Torrance Torrance's massive skull. <laughs> Torrance's massive skull. Uh, my skull isn't that massive, actually. It's just perfectly round, so it gives the illusion of size. But that's but that's what I mean. Like you mm-hmm. would have this round skull, and Torrance is well also round. Let's yeah. say mine is pointy, thinner and pointier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd probably see some uh, pretty striking differences. Cone-headed, some might say. Well, maybe you guys are yeah. a different species. Conical. Maybe we are. Kevin, we should see if we can mate. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I vomited in my throat just a little. Okay, should we get on to pop culture? Let's do pop culture. As I noted, I did watch BBC's Walking with Caveman. It is an excellent documentary series. It starts off right with uh, Australopithecus, and uh, it uses some basically people in ape costumes at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then later they get people just wearing more prosthetic makeup, which looks quite uh, realistic. Mm-hmm. The performances vary, but mm-hmm. there's a couple that I'm like, wow, that is a really cool depiction of probably what was early man. Uh, they showed that cool Terminator. It wasn't Ron Perlman acting like a chimpanzee. No, no, no. Uh, were, they, were they riding dinosaurs? They were not riding dinosaurs. They were mostly, uh, especially the ones I can think of that were pretty cool, was the ones that were doing the hunting I was describing, which was they were just following this like wildebeest. And in it, they were standing there about, I don't know, 100 feet away from one lying down in the plains, uh, baking in the sun. Yeah. And like oh, the the older that was a Volvo, right? <laughs> the older Homo erectus is like looking around, and the 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 guy talking over is talking about how they had started to learn how things would work and actually be able to spread knowledge to each other. And so the younger one wants to go and run it, but the older one understands. No, we're gonna have to just keep it scared and run it down. Follow their and, spore. And he's yeah, pretty cool stuff. And it really okay. gave you this feeling for kind of a family of human relatives that we had uh, before us and the reasons, the things that pulled us out of being just another chimpanzee or ape. And it was, you know, it was probably uh, if we were were that tight knit a family, maybe Mm. it was arguing at Thanksgiving and I'm like, I'm moving out and starting my own tribe. I'm going to start my own species. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm out of here. I'm going to have sex with that thing over there. I don't even know what it is, but I'm humping it. (laughs) But you know what? You can't stop me, dad. We always think of, of evolution in terms of a tree, you know, branches mm. branching off of each other and this mm-hmm. common ancestor should go past. And that's totally a good way of thinking I, about it. I don't think humping a tree would work. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm confused. Other things branching off the trees, uh-huh. twigs and, and, and different species as, as being able to follow it back to the main trunk. But I think what's cool is that the, the image that we're really getting is this big thorny bush because everything is connected back to each other. Oh, and okay. you really didn't jump in there? Really? Thorny bush. I'm, thorny I'm bush. waiting for you to finish. <laughs> thorny bush. That's what she said. <laughs> so they're all they're all interconnected. They're interbreeding. Right. They're they're kind of moving and migrating and merging. And so it's not this nice clear cut picture like yeah, we'd like to think. I rewatched Encino Man. Oh, better you than me. Here's the thing about Encino Man. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to come out and defend it. <laughs> I'm not going to. I kind Although of will. I want to. Okay. But 
the thing about Encino Man was I'd never heard of Polly Shore before. Right. And I saw this when he was 13, when I was 12 or 13 or whatever yeah. the heck it was. 1992 is when it came out. And uh, oh, I would have been a little bit older. Um, yeah. But um, I thought he was hilarious. So did I. And then I realized very shortly yeah. that this was all he did. Yes. <laughs> and then he became tiresome. Yeah, he's a one-hit wonder. But Are you talking in, about Buddy? But yeah. in Encino Man, I was very entertained. Yeah, if he was a normal person who had invented that as a character, you'd yes. be like, that guy is really good. Yeah. But it was just kind of him doing himself bigger. Yes, precisely. Yeah, but I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I rewatched it. Uh, it's totally, it's got an 80s feel, even though it's early 90s. Yeah, it's you know, very dated. What's it about? Uh, it's about... <laughs> Probably a good place to start. When they find the frozen caveman in their backyard, two high school outcasts thaw him and introduce him to modern life while he, in turn, gets them to actually enjoy life. Nice. Why, mm-hmm. why do they find the frozen caveman in their backyard? So, uh, in Encino, it's, California. In Encino, oh, California. Yeah. It stars Pauly Shore, Brendan Fraser as the Encino man, the, the caveman, and Sean Astin. Sam Weisgamgee. Uh, Sam Weisgamgee. Uh, Sean Astin's character is a poor guy who doesn't have anything special and he really wants a pool in his backyard because that's what all the rich kids have and people will come over to parties. Yeah. So he digs a pool in his backyard. Nice, right. So he's digging a big hole. Sure. And of course, when digging the big hole, he ends up digging up a big frozen hunk of ice that has Brendan Fraser stuck in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure the science wouldn't hold up. <laughs> it's pretty bad. You know, pretty weak on I the I mean, but this is a movie, right? You, you forgive all this stuff. Uh, there's actually some really good performances. I, I don't know the guy's name, but the actor who plays like the the shithead jock rich guy that right. the, the girl that uh, the Sean Astin likes yeah. lo- is with at the beginning of the movie. It's not James Spader? He's, mm-hmm. No, but he is blonde and kind of like him. Is does a great performance of yeah. like a total asshole jock, like he so much so that even modern day he exists in several animated GIF memes. Right. You will, and I'll put some up on causticsodapodcast.com. So don't they try and convince their parents that this caveman that they, that melted out of the frozen block of ice is like an exchange? He's an student exchange from student from Estonia. Estonia. That's right. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They should have called it Estonia age. Uh, oh, Estonia man. Uh it's silly. The science is terrible. It's dated, but it's it was kind of fun. Even rewatching it, I didn't yeah. mind it, and some of the jokes are okay. And Pauly Shore is grating now that you know him. But yes, but at the time, I thought it was really original. Yeah, I I think his only good movie that I can think of that Pauly Shore is in. Yeah. I would I would call this a decent, fun little movie. Wasn't he in Biodome? Yeah, this is his only good movie. <laughs> it it would uh, would you put it on par with the first Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Mm, no. No, I would put it, but only slightly below. I would say Bill and Ted's was better. I'm not exactly sure why. But uh, I I don't hate Encino Man. It was fun. Okay. So on the subject of freezing cavemen and thawing them out to the modern world, we Mm. have Saturday Night Live's unfrozen caveman lawyer. Mm. One of Phil Hartman's greatest characters on Saturday Night Live. Greatest Mm. character. (laughs) He did some pretty awesome characters. I said one of, one of. Uh, It's up there. Greatest I kind of found this one tiresome, actually. Yeah, I thought it, the first it was, the first time you saw it, it was hilarious, and then it got real old. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, true with it, every that's, Saturday Night Live that's that's skit ever, especially. It's not true. Wayne's no. World, Wayne's World was good all the way through every time, right up until the second movie. So, so he's a caveman. I would say that's the exception that yeah. proves the rule. He's a caveman that gets thought out and decides to go into law. Yeah. And yes. So he's always in the courtroom and he's he's always he's dressed in a suit, but he's got the big brow ridge and he's got the funky hair and the yeah. wide nose. And he's always going, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, 
I'm just a caveman. <laughs> I'm not familiar with your laws and your customs, but for a simple caveman like me, it would seem that, and then he like lays out this but, like really complex no, it's, legal it's argument. Always, but there's one thing I do know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kevin, did you rewatch some Captain Caveman and the Teen I Angels? I did. I did watch some Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, and you know what? As far what? as like the Hanna Barbera cartoons go. I was a fan of this one back in the day, uh-huh. and I was thoroughly expecting to uh, be it, it to be a real eye rolling experience. But you yeah. know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say better than Scooby Doo. Oh, wow! No, no, yeah. no, no, oh, yeah. no, no. I'm not a Scooby Doo fan, so I'm not gonna challenge that at all. Yeah, no. I, Captain, I rewatched Captain Caveman recently. It was painful. It's Ooh. not painful. It was oh, fight, really. No, fight, painful. But you know what? Hey, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. The argument isn't whether it's painful or not painful. Is it less or more painful than Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo's a classic. Come on. No, Sco- people think Scooby Doo's a classic, but it is dumb. Oh. They're Don't. the original skeptics. They're that's, brilliant. That's it's uh yeah. My well, feelings I mean, on Scooby Doo are complicated. All of, <laughs> everything that came after Scooby Doo, including Captain Caveman, was all just a Scooby Doo formula. Oh, yes, yeah. the exact same formula. Absolutely, and it's, you you take a formula and you improve upon it. And it was making fun of Charlie's with, Angels, with right? The, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Although that, I think those guys came in a little bit later. Yeah. Nope. Same time. So uh, I think uh, it started out Captain Caveman was uh, part of a larger cartoon block. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. then they added in the, the, teen gr- the gr- Teen Angels. I meant same time as the Charlie's Angels. That's oh, why they I were see. making it. So yeah. why don't we talk about what it is? Uh, it's Captain Caveman is a caveman who's unfrozen. They they uh, go into a cave and find him there and bust him out of the block of ice. And he's like kind of a caveman superhero with a club that can do a million and one things. <laughs> it's he basically a go. It's a go-go gadget. Club, it, absolutely anything yeah. that come can come out of the club, and he can pull anything out of his, out of his giant shirt. hairy body. Yes, he can eat things whole. You know, take things that you wouldn't think he could like fit like, in his like mouth, a bicycle. Like oh, a right. bicycle, like a bicycle, and fit in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. His one Achilles heel because he's super strong. He yeah. can fly, yeah. and anything can come out of his club. But his one weakness is Uh-oh. every time he ends up on a mission, he has to say. <laughs> And it's so annoying because he does it every three seconds. He doesn't do it right? every like, so three seconds. So a normal seconds. superhero like Shazam, he says Shazam and turns into Shazam or whatever, and he's all done with it. Hey, Captain Caveman. You no, know, hold on a sec. I want to correct seconds. you. I want to correct you right now. He says Shazam and turns into Captain Marvel. He does not turn into right, Shazam. There we go. No longer. They've changed the name of the character because of problems with Marvel Comics. Ooh. Oh well, that's now that's, he turns into Shazam that's again. Something. But he doesn't constantly scream, Captain Caveman! Well, when you're, Mel Blan- when you're voiced by Mel Blanc, yeah. you have to shout as often as possible. Yeah, absolutely. That was the good part about the show. <laughs> <laughs> the Flintstones was an animated primetime American television sitcom that was broadcast from September 1960 to April of 1966 on ABC. Uh-huh. The show was also produced by Hanna-Barbera. The Flintstones was about a working class Stone Age man's life with his family and his next door neighbor and his best friend. Well, it was the Honeymooners. It was. I, and yeah. they completely admit it. Yeah. Apparently, Jackie Gleason wanted to sue them uh, for copyright infringement, right. but didn't want to be known as the guy who sued the Flintstones, so he didn't. Ah, okay. <laughs> Barbara and Hannah, Hannah Barbera, they're actually yeah. two people, wanted to recapture their adult audience because most of their stuff had been designated for kids yeah. with an animated situation comedy. They experimented with hillbillies, 
Romans, Pilgrims, mm-hmm. and Indians as the settings for the nice. two families before deciding on the Stone Age. Okay. All right. I believe it's Joseph, Hannah, and William Barbera. Okay. Not Barbara Barbera? No, not Barbara Barbera. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there was enough uh, cannibalism and interbreeding with Neanderthals in this cartoon. <laughs> I would completely agree with that complaint. But These guys was... were all Homo sapiens Stone Age dudes. And way too many dinosaurs. Well, and there was they definitely had their quote of, of, of uh, animals going, oh boy, it's <laughs> a living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they did all the stuff. Instead of technology, they had, they yeah. had dinosaurs that did all the technology for it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dr. Greg, have you seen Trog 1970 with Joan Crawford? I recently watched the trailer for Trog, and that was enough to convince me that I did not want to watch the rest of Trog. (laughs) But yeah, Joan Crawford, um, not her finest hour. Okay. Uh, She was a pretty big star, and then by the 70s, she was uh, looking for things to star in like Trog. Well, collect a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. So she she played a sympathetic anthropologist using drugs and surgery to communicate with a primitive troglodyte who was found living in a local cave. What is a troglodyte? Somebody that lives in a cave. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, according to Dungeons and Dragons, a troglodyte is a lizard creature. That's true, with mm-hmm. stink glands. That yeah. lives in caves. Yeah. Yes, that, yes, that is so true. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Now, the one notable thing about this movie, Trog, was that the, the ape man himself, Trog, um, was an ape suit borrowed from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. oh. Nice. Which shows you how important good cinematography is. Yeah. <laughs> in 2001, these things look incredible. Yep. In Trog, it looks like a guy in a really lame, hairy ape suit. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So uh, 2001, yes. Trog, not so much. I also watched as research for this Caveman from 1981. Okay. Starring Ringo Starr from the Beatles. Oh, yeah. As well as Dennis Quaid, Shelley Long, and Barbara Bach. You know what? I mean, all he's got to do is take off those sunglasses, and he's kind of caveman It's Well, yeah, he's got the, the beard, and his hair is all scruffy. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is a slapstick comedy. So if you okay. don't like slapstick comedy, you're not going to like it. And if you do like slapstick comedy... You're probably still not going to like it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've heard from several people who are like, I used to watch that all the time on TV when I was a kid and I right. liked it. And I guess I could see how kids could like it because the comedy is very simple and straightforward right. and, and slapstick, right? Like a they're doing of... a lot of broad physical comedy. There is actually, uh, there's very little spoken English in it and it's actually spoken for comedic effect. Almost all the characters, uh, Ringo Starr, Dennis Quaid, Shelley Long, Barbara Bach, all of them speak in like caveman talk. Unk. Tonka, Lila, Wanonga, like stuff like that. Yeah. Don't you mean, oh, Tonka, Lika, Wanonga? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> However, there's one character uh, played by a Korean guy, uh, Evan Kim. He speaks modern English, but nobody else understands it. Right. So they point at things and he goes, yeah, fire. And they go, Ululu. And he yeah. goes, no, that's fire. <laughs> but nobody understands, so he just kind of stops talking. There's bits in this show that are kind of good, but it's slow and right. dumb and slapstick. Uh, and some uncomfortable stuff, like it's got the typical, he's the runty caveman, the big tough jock has the hot girl, he wants the hot girl. Mm-hmm. But there's the mousy intelligent girl who wants the runty guy, but he rebuffs her because she's not hot. and you know, Just right. like a, a teen comedy, right? Right, right. But a lot of his trying to get the hot girl gets a little rapey like uh, well they're like cavemen. he doesn't cavemen, yeah, yeah right. exactly he doesn't mm-hmm. care at all about her say in the matter really right. at, the, at the beginning at least there is a little bit at the end where he realizes something yeah. i guess but i need to be a better caveman yeah it's well then he finally of course goes for the shelly long the, the smart cave girl but uh yeah it's i don't know i give it about a two out of five 
And not, how, how about for scientific terrible. accuracy? Uh, ridiculously inaccurate. Like Negative. it's it's just a bunch 18. of white people in some furs. <laughs> right. Like it's not even they didn't even try to be accurate, you know? Like the yeah. one guy just has the one over the shoulder typical caveman thing. Yeah. And it's really it feels like just a bunch of comedians who got together to try to be funny in caveman outfits. Yeah. yeah. It it moderately works. Now what's what's curious is that came out in 1981, the exact same year as the much more serious Quest for Fire. Right. Which we talked about on the Megafauna episode. Much more serious, much better shot, uh, much, I'm, I don't know about much more accurate, but at well, least tried, at the time, they did tried, a lot of to, research, be, yeah. tried to be accurate, uh, was presented much more seriously. And one of the cool things about Quest for Fire was that was made around the time that we first started to realize there were these multiple species living all Coexisting, at the same time. yeah. Yeah, and they could have interacted with each other. So it was a bit ahead of, ahead of the curve there. And indeed, they did interact with each other in Quest mm. for Fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I also watched The Croods, brand new 2013 CGI animated movie, supposedly about cavemen. Yes. Oh? And I repeat, better you than me. It's a DreamWorks movie, right? Yeah, it's a DreamWorks animated CG movie. Here's what I went through with this. At first, I was like, this is a terrible caveman movie. Everything they're doing is wrong. It's stupid. And none of these animals make any sense in any kind of setting. They're, it's like Dr. Seuss created all the animals. Okay. And, and the plants and the And the, the plants and the and, landscape yeah. and the behavior of all the Like, it's just, they're just like, oh, we need a whirling thing of uh, uh, carnivorous birds to come after you so that they can run, right? right. Okay. And so they just create completely unrealistic right. tornado of these birds. Right. About halfway through the movie, I went, these are not cavemen. These are modern white human beings who have been trapped on a Seuss-like alien planet, who have completely forgotten about technology and science, Uh and are now trying to live with it. And they are interacting with others who have kind of forgotten some of it, but maybe are a little better at recognizing science, which is why they all speak English, which is why all the... And once I got that, it was actually a pretty fun movie. Basically like the Tea Party. Trapped in an alien world, forgotten about yeah. technology. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's people who've been like, we don't need science. But is and that your inter- your own interpretation? It's totally that my one- own interpretation. So it's not supposed to be like that? It's not mm-hmm. official. Officially, it's their cavemen. Oh, I see. Right. However, I could totally see a sequel going, it's oh, you thought they're cavemen, but look, we're aliens. Oh, it's, it's like Highlander 2. <laughs> unlike Highlander 2, where there should have only been one, there should be a Crudes 2 that explains that this is all an alien planet, and then just runs with it. I did my research on cavemen. I wanted to find the most ridiculous caveman pop culture I could find and watch it, and I think I did. Season three, episode one of The Adventures of Superman is entitled Through the Time Barrier. Oh. Okay. Well, because he could fly around the earth and and turn back time. Well, he claimed he could, but actually what happens was a nutty professor uses his time machine to send Clark, Lois, Jimmy Perry, and himself back to 50,000 BC along with a notorious gangster- who has surrendered himself to Clark Kent for okay. some... It's it's all just... They just all talk about what happened. And this scientist is named Barry-er? So this gangster has been like, ah, I'm going to totally go straight and give my... I don't trust the cops, so this Clark Kent guy is going to bring me in. But then they get zapped back into prehistoric time with cavemen there, and the gangster decides he likes it. So he pulls his gun out and makes everybody... takes the time machines so they can't get back. Oh, right. Uh, and of course, Superman can't reveal he's Superman because no. he's just Clark Kent. Superman in the back in and this is this 50 is, million years ago, whatever. This is fifty thousand years. This is the Dean Cain Superman, right? This is the this is the George Reeve uh, Superman. Oh, 
damn it. He spends. I this is an animated Superman. These are no, real people. It's and it's <laughs> oh terrible. boy, that's even worse. It's so bad. It's obviously just a bunch of white actors and uh-huh. like again, just wear some furs. You look like a caveman, right? And point at things and go ugh a lot. Terrible Superman. Clark Kent spends most of the time just standing around scowling and looking serious, uh-huh. while everybody just talks about what happened. They don't even because they have no budget to show yeah. things. Wait, so he's not even Superman in the show. He ends up finally being able to separate himself from everybody else and then switches to Superman and explains to Lois that he found out what happened and he used his powers to fly through the time barrier to join them. (laughs) And she says, oh, well, you can do that to get us back then. And he goes, "Uh, let me try. Oops, (laughs) nope, couldn't do it. Going to have to get that time machine, I guess. (laughs) And nobody puts two and two together that, hey, you look a lot like Clark Kent, who we don't see anymore. It is so... So You'd think ridiculous. he would just like, uh, well, I have to do something super. I'll just pretend to be Ookie Man or whatever. Yeah, or or <laughs> Super Caveman. That's right. <laughs> he could have, yes, he should have put on a, an S made out of rabbit skins. Yeah. <laughs> and been Super Caveman. Or just, uh, or just like uh, put on, you know, your uh, skull cap of a saber-toothed tiger on top of your head. And like, <laughs> I'm saber-toothed tiger man. But, I or, have all the powers of Superman, but I'm not related. <laughs> including knowledge that in the future there will be a person named Superman. <laughs> and the knowledge of English. I mean, I guess the biggest question is, is this any better or worse than like every other episode? episode in the entire series because i remember the yeah, george reeves superman being pretty cheesy pretty cheesy and inexplicable so this just seems like par for the course well i didn't expose myself to any more i think you might be right but all i know is this was terrible it's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that will. We'll be back when the week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson in a closed carriage tied to an opponent who was hacking at his lower regions with his teeth. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I don't know how to follow that up. You don't. don't. You just <laughs> move on. Generally, we ignore yeah. it. Yeah, keep going on with info. <laughs>
Should there be an A before I create? <laughs> I thought you the, liked it better what, without the What happened to all the A's in the... In the <laughs> me, me, me create Neanderthal baby. Take out the A. Me again. just need willing woman. <laughs> okay. It's not, right. Let's try that again. Ha <laughs> ha!